let's get it. Radically, smaller commerce. You wanna test AB on your PDP? Pop up that AOV and your B2C. Do the 301, avoid the 404. Boost your SEO, get people to the store. Got the latest stack, headless, you react. You want that seamless customer experience attack. Live shopping, social, set up your syndication. Be relevant, that's our recommendation. Radical Smarter Commerce is a podcast presented by Aptus with focus on smarter commerce and merchandising. We will talk about trends, new technology, and the importance of being relevant. We will do this by interviewing exciting guests to be inspired by their success stories and insights. And I'm your host, Thomas Sjöberg, and I will be joined by different colleagues here at Aptus depending on topic and guests. Today I want to welcome a new co-host here in the Radical Smarter Commerce podcast and it's no other than Patrick Wolin, known as Peewee, one of the co-founders of Aptus. So, hi Patrick. Hi Thomas, thank you for allowing me to be on the show. Yeah, and we also work quite close uh, at Aptus. You're actually part of my team as uh, one of our rock and roll programmers uh, working with proof of concepts and integrations and a lot of, a lot of other cool stuff within the alliances team. Yeah, that's great fun. Uh, we have, have explored uh, new ways of working with e-commerce for some time now and, and uh, I enjoy going to work. Uh, that's not good. That's not good at all. It takes time. You're not going to work. You work from home, right? Uh, yeah, I work too much from home, yeah. <laughs> I would say. I have fun at work. Yeah. And that's a problem. But anyway, now we're also going to discover another way of trying to boost your e-commerce conversion uh, using new technology, AI services and so. So it's, it's kind of what we do as well, but in another way. We're going to talk about conversational commerce. We're going to do that with Henrik Fabrin, the co-founder and CEO of Certainly.io. And here we go. Today, we have a really interesting guest here at the Radically Smarter Commerce podcast. It's no other than Henrik Fabrin, the CEO and founder of Certainly.io. So welcome, Henrik. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor and pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you're a man of uh, many treats. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's one way of putting it. So I'm founder, co-founder and CEO of Certainly and... I've been an entrepreneur for 10, 12 years uh, and had a couple of companies um, before, certainly. And before that, I was a professional musician and once upon a time, also the national champion in uh, Danish football. So that's also something. Are we talking soccer here? Soccer, yeah. All right. I didn't know that, actually. That, that's uh, that's good. Which team did you play for? Uh, local uh, local uh, football club from uh, from where i grew up and I, I i used to joke and say that well I, my life peaked when i was 10 years old and i was a national champion then it's been a slow little bit downhill from there. it's hard to hard to top that one <laughs> and what is uh, certainly can you please tell us about certainly yeah so it's a it's a conversational commerce platform so you can think about it as using chatbots or conversational ai in e-commerce so it's a platform product built Telemate for for e-commerce businesses. Okay, and um, what is conversational commerce? Yeah, that's also a good question. It's a new it's a it's a new category that sort of intersects with with where where the 
where the technologies are headed today, where of course we have an online commerce for, for a very long time now because of language tools and the rise of messaging apps, etc. Then there's this new category coming up where technologies like ours, you can then use to have AI-based unlimited scalable conversations with your users on your website or if they are on Facebook, WhatsApp, etc. And then you can use that to then, of course, do business with them. And that is conversational commerce in a nutshell. So what are the quick wins if you sort of get this in your e-commerce store? What, what can you um, gain? Uh, well, you, there's sort of two angles uh, you can use it. Either you can use it for, the, for your customer support, so classic ticket deflection. Or you can use it to, to drive more of the right revenue and, and customer insights. And where the market is right now, most they come in via, because that's what they've heard from the, from the industry and the, the consultancy firms that ticket reflection using AI is really good. That's where they come in. But the real upside is when you start using it to help drive more revenue and understand your users through conversation. That's where the real value is also long-term. Okay, uh, interesting. Uh, do you have any numbers on, on that it actually works? Yeah, so, so we have from, from our customer base, um, we can see that when it's, when it's used successful, then from the ticket deflection, you can, you can automate 30, 50% of your, your chats. And those are typically ones that users just want to have quick answers or want to look up an order. And that can work at scale. And then if you look at it from the revenue side, well, if you if you have a standard conversion rate of a web shop, that's 1.82%. If you then deploy a technology like ours, then you could see outsized rates, like you can see up to 20% conversion rate on people actually engaging with the, with the technology. Okay, interesting. Um, but that is, is that from, from the site overall or is it from the commerce conversions from the chat i mean that is that is from the from the conversations so when a when a, a bot or a conversational commerce bot is is used as part of the customer journey so the user uses that to help figure out what product to buy etc then you would see a conversion rate around 18 to 20 percent oh, that's really impressive really impressive yes it is i have to say also that that doesn't mean that you can then have 100% of your users go through the through the bot and then you will convert 20% of them. It's That's not how that is because it's similar on a website as it is in your physical store. You're either in there, you get really great help from that sales assistant there, or you're saying, hey, I'm just browsing and then you're on your own. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, so, so what kind of things can the bot do? What are typical things that, that the bot does to increase conversion? Generally speaking, it, it, on the revenue side, it does three things. One, it engages more of your users. So let's say that you have a 2% conversion rate. That means that 98 out of 100 users are not converting. And, and Thomas, Patrick, do you know why they're not converting? Probably not. Exactly. And that's the, that's the challenge that you don't know because you, you haven't had a, a way to scale conversations with them and simply engage them. So that if you could, if you were able to engage more of your, those customers, would you be able to understand them better and sell more to them? Yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah, sounds reasonable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Certainly. Says, yeah, yes, certainly. 
Um, and and that's, that's the first part. So you can engage more so you can understand them. And because you can understand them and know why they're there, you can either then help them buy more at once or you can use it for your data for uh, website optimization or, or retargeting. And then in that, they, it's typically the standard thing. They, they're not sure about what product to buy. Can you help me figure out what product to, to purchase? What size should I wear, et cetera? It's these type of things that they use. And then the third thing is that the customers use it on their checkout. So maybe you want to pop up and engage someone who's lingering during the checkout process or they have some questions that you did not know. So you can then implement an answer for that. So the next user will then convert because they get that question answered. Okay. So do you have a good example? Do, do you have a good reference customer that people that hears this and think it sounds interesting that they can just go into that website and see this in action? Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's many. Two of them that we've been just have use cases coming out with soon. That's uh, Tiger of Sweden. Okay. Uh, fashion brand. And it's... Uh, They've been around for 100 years, right, Tiger Sweden. And then there's a new uh, D2C uh, digital-native brand called Sick Silk out of UK. Um, we're using it for this, this type of uh, revenue-driving activities. And the cool thing is that they, we provide this technology and help them get started a little bit, but then they do it themselves. And it's not the developers. They're line of business people who are actually doing it, optimizing it, maintaining it, etc. Okay. Uh, how, do you, how do you measure that everything goes well or goes bad for the, for that sake. I mean, if you have a conversational using a chatbot, I mean, will you kind of go through the logs or are there actual actual signals or do you get feedback or how do you measure stuff? Yeah, it depends a little bit on the use case, right? So if, if you use it for ticket deflection, then it's of course, how many questions did it answer? How many tickets did it close? How many... How many of those conversations could it have so your human reps could have more time to do more complex stuff? Things like that. If you want to go sort of on technology side, you would look at, okay, so how many questions did it understand? The recognition rate, did it recognize all these different questions? And then number two, out of all our FAQs or questions that we get, how many are covered by the, by the bot? That's a, that's a very common KPI. And then of course for... For the revenue side, again, you you similar like you would do on a, on, a, on looking at your conversion fund. You would look at okay, so how many got help? How many added a product, etc.? Uh, how many asked the question that the bot answered, and these type of things. But what underneath all that, what's actually even more interesting now is also all the zero-party data that you can collect now with with, with user privacy, Google and Facebook and Apple fighting and, and third-party cookies going away, then having this signal directly for the, from the end user on why they're there and what's important, that's a really important data set for the, for the individual brand to, to understand their users even more. Mm. Does that make sense? So you, you know, you know I'm, I'm Henrik, but I'm there one day to shop a cool new shirt because now we can finally get out of quarantine Tomorrow I'm there because I forgot it's my girlfriend's uh, birthday. You know, same Henrik, very different needs. And that you can, you can capture this way. Hmm, nice. So out of 100 e-commerce vendors, how, how many have started their path into conversational commerce, would you say? Well, we're still in the very early in innings of it. So 
we are the uh, we're not yet at the mass adoption. So we would say ten percent or or lower. And this from what we see. Yeah. Uh, 90 out of 100 that it's the first time that they're trying to use the technology they've heard about it they may have tried someone as uh, bought as you know being a they're also a consumer right but using in the business nine out of ten it's new it's new technology yeah so what we see when it comes to search and merchandising that we work with at aptus product discovery is that when you come into an e-commerce site you can have different objectives either you know exactly what you're looking for then probably you will use the search uh, search exactly for that item or you're more looking for inspiration and you will browse the categories you maybe will look at styles and inspirational images and so on so how would you say these different kinds of users would utilize the the chatbot um, in this sense yeah it, it's a very good question um, it looks like right now that it's the you you use it more when you are in a in a discovery mode. So you're still trying to figure out what is the product that you want. Okay. If you know exactly you want this product in size X Y Z, then you go straight to the search bar and purchase. There's a lot. Of, there's a big. You can use a lot of the analogies from again the physical store. So how you how you act in the physical store. If you know what you want, just go go over to that shelf and pull it off the shelf but if you want some help you're not sure if it's it's for yourself or a girlfriend or what size etc what fits you that's simply the way you want to have a conversation that's where where you can have a huge impact using this type of technology so we talked a little bit about browsing for inspiration and um, talking about inspiration and uh, and so you might have seen that we have a hip-hop theme for this podcast and uh, I always ask the guests what would their rapper name be. So I wonder if you have some inspiration for us here. <laughs> Boom! Uh, that's a funny question. When I played when I played football as an adult, they they my friends have called me Fabrino because of Ronaldinho. But uh -huh. I guess I you know I like so I like that. But uh, maybe over in, in if it's a uh, hip hop, then we're more like I don't know. MC Fabric or something like that. Yeah, good choices both. I think you can have MC, MC Fabric. Fabric for the hip hop, and then you have Fabrino when you go Latin. So I think we we have both things covered. Cool. Let's get it. Radically smaller commerce. You want to test A B on your PDP? So looking at the chatbot like, like this, so what happens behind the scenes? How much is artificial intelligence and how much is rule-based? That uh, you can use one or the other, or you can use a hybrid. Um, and it's really about the, 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 you know, the, the famous job to be done, where sometimes you, you don't even have to use conversational AI to just help you use a few, a few clicks on a button. So if you click them, then go here. And then they're on. Then they're on the way, and they got the help they wanted. That's fine, and that's maybe contrary to popular opinion. But if it helps user get to what they want fast, then that's fine. But if you if you want to use if you want to capture more and have more of a conversation with the user, because you can't do it with a with a click based or button based, then that's where you should use conversation AI because it also opens up another. A lot of other opportunities to understand the users, you know, mood, sentiment, you can ask additional questions, etc. 
So it comes down to the use case, how you should, how you want to use it. Okay, interesting. Uh, if we go into the details a little bit, uh, you state, for instance, that you can detect any customer language, uh, which is quite a quite bold statement. And uh, you currently have response in like 14 languages. How does this work? And, and can you also like handle uh, cultural differences, so to speak? Let me start with the first one. So whenever a user says or writes something, then the first step of the, the AI stack is to uh, understand what language is it. Right? So, so based on that, with the characters and the sentence, you can look up, okay, is this in Russian or is this in Danish or Swedish or, or English? <clears throat> so that, that we got covered in, on, in any language that a human uses, we can detect that. Then on the what you can respond in, well, if you're able to understand that you, you're, and you're asking something in Swedish, then in order to help our customers, um, or you're, you're speaking in Swedish, then in order to help the customers or brands answer those questions in Swedish, then we have all a ton of pre-made uh, intents in there. So not only asking, you're asking in Swedish, you're also asking, so can you help me find this beautiful shirt? Then that's an intent, and then the customer can then decide whether they want to have a pre-made answer as well to that uh, question, or if they want to then take the user through a conversation. Okay. So, so those are two different two different layers, and that one is detecting the language, and then number two, detecting so what is the question you're answering in that language, or you you're you're asking in that language. Okay. Uh, and you can you can kind of detect any customer language. If you if you fail, what happens? I mean, if you have a customer, you are asking someone something in uh, yeah, Persian, a Persian language, or something like that, and you answer in Swedish, and they say, "Okay, what? Um, what happens? How do you react? Or can you like have a dialogue on what language to continue in?" It's it's a very uncommon use case that you ask in person then get a Swedish answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think a more more realistic one would be that okay, so you're asking a question in Swedish that the bot does not understand, and when it doesn't understand, it means that it has not it has never heard that question before. Okay. So in that case, in that case, you would normally trigger a okay. I can see you're asking this question. Do you want me to hand it over to uh, one of my human agents? Just like a, a store, store person would do. That's a new, I don't know the answer to that question. Let me find my manager or someone else who can help you out. That's one side of it. Um, and then number two, what it also triggers is that uh, you, if you're using our sort of our pre-made data set and our engine in the middle, then that question would come in, be flagged, and then it would be, if it's related to, to e-commerce businesses as a whole, then that would be added to our standard engine's vocabulary so and trained. So the next time someone asked that, that question would then be understood. Okay. And, that, and that's, a, that's, that's sim a little bit like, uh, you know, like Tesla and their self-driving cars, right? They have a lot of cars out there that send back a lot of data on how the, how is the, the, the drivers are driving 
and then they use that to improve the models and then send it out to all the all the bots, all the all the cars in that sense. It's the same thing that we do. Okay, so basically the platform learn not only for the current customer and the customer also the current shop, if I may say so. Uh, but different shops learn from from every other shop. Is that correct in that case? Yes, yes, it is. If it's a if it's something that's common between shops, then everyone bends from learning it from 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 that additional uh, capability, right? But they 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 share the increased performance of the models. They don't share the actual data because then we would be in GDPR conflict and everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing I also wonder a little bit if you could elaborate on is you say that uh, there is a unique understanding of the user's intent, its sentiment and behavior uh, to be able to provide product suggestions. Uh, can you elaborate on how it works? Yes. I can just, again, it's, it's two parts. One is the sentiment. So how, how am I feeling in this moment? And if it's text-based, then just like if you and I were chatting in, in, in Slack or Teams, I can sort of infer and interpret how you feel based on how many exclamation marks and how many angry emojis you're using or how many kisses you're sending me. <laughs> <clears throat> so there, there's, a, there's a room where, okay, I can interpret that pretty well, but then there's a lot of gray zones. And that's where our tool um, can say, okay, well, we're very sure this user is upset or is happy. And then you have like a scale where it's up to to then the business to decide what they want to use that information. Um, <clears throat> that's a sentiment. But then what's in, what what's third party research have, have proven a lot if you if you if you read up on behavioral science and shopper personas is that I might be the same Henrik, but if I'm shopping for myself, I need certain things to you need to help me with certain things for me to purchase. That can be maybe a discount voucher or this is what someone I admire uses. If I'm shopping for, for my girlfriend because I forgot her birthday, then maybe it's more important for me that I, wanna, I want something that I can get fast and it's something that she would love, right? So I'm the same person, but I have different shopping personas. And through the conversation, you can then put me in one of those segments. And then when you can do that, then you can put forward whatever uh, uh, arguments that are most important for me in that conversation. And that's where a lot of websites do it wrong today. They think of, a, of their website and product page like a, like a notice board. They put up all the information in the world and trust pilot reviews and fabrics and blah, 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 blah. But most often, and that's what, what research have shown, if you, instead of that, if you prioritize the information, so if I'm buying something for my girlfriend, I want to know I can get it tomorrow, and I want to know it's something that she'd be happy about. Where and that's that's fast shipping, right? And yes, don't don't worry, she'll be happy with this because that's what everyone else like her bought. That's one type of argument. Whereas the other one, hey, I'm looking at this T-shirt, but I'm also looking at T-shirt as your competitor. Well, here's a here's a discount code so you can buy it from our place. Can you see? So it really differs depending on who I am. And using the conversation, they are to understand that you can put people in segments that they're in in that moment. And that's part of the, the secret sauce to driving better conversations and to help them actually buy more of the right products as well. Nice. nice. Uh, last question uh, when, when we're discussing this. Sorry. Uh, it, it's about you're talking about the chatbot. How about if you would actually talk to it? 
like uh, by phone. If you you should connect your microphone and, and use that instead, mm. would that work as well in that case? Are you able to translate the voice or in in a way, or do people uh, express themselves differently when they are writing a text versus when they are really speaking a text? Yeah, of, yeah, of course. There are so in in text you you tend to be shorter and have less. Uh, mm, um, uh, <laughs> in there, <laughs> but so I can say from from our side, we we focus on the on the the text bit. So once it once that voice had becomes uh, once interiors and text, that's what we focus on. Hmm. So okay. you can there there are other technologies that are much better at understanding the, your Swedish voice technologies, and then they turn that into text, and that's where we we grab and then we do our bit. And then we send the response back to that, and then the, that turns into voice. So they do what they're specialized in. Okay. And again, but that also works with Siri, or if you're in your browser, you could also simply use the browser's synthetic voice system to turn that into text. So it's, it's kind of neat. So again, it, it's it's as good as the as as that technology is. That's as good as it can get, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Thank you. I mean, it's a fascinating area. And as you said, we are just in the beginning of this. You're one of the pioneers here in the, the Nordics and and so on. And uh, what are you, if you look into the future, the next five years, what do you think will happen uh, within e-commerce? I obviously think that, that you would see much broader and faster adoption of our kind of technology. And it's because... Because the technology is, is now so advanced, so you can actually turn it around. So the thing about having more conversations with more of your customers at scale, you simply are able to sell more. I think everyone, I, I've, I've been in e-commerce industry also for, for 10 years. So all, all of us are sort of accustomed to, well, 2% conversion rate and the technologies that are there today can help us optimize that a little bit. We've, we've forgotten that that is simply a problem that can be solved. We think it's a fact. So if you're able to have all these conversations with more of your customers, you will be able to sell more. And that, of course, will drive the adoption of this. So I think, and if you think about that, that means that if you can have conversations, then there's less need for using your product pages and your website as a notice board. We have all information listed. So that means you can use your website for more visual stuff, more immersed experience, uh, instead of having all the product information as well, because you can simply just ask for that or it will be presented, presented for you when needed. So I think that's something that will be really interesting in, in the future. And I think brands will love that, especially on their own web properties, because they have to, one thing is they have to get the customers in there, but they want to provide a better and different experience than if they were just chatting with the user on Instagram or WhatsApp or et cetera. So if they want to own the transaction, then they get to get the to get them on their website, and this is part of part of what they, how they can differentiate that experience on their website. Cool, e-commerce will definitely be radically smarter going forward, and uh, we are both a part of that product discovery journey. So it was great having you on the show, Henrik, and good luck in the future. We will uh, monitor what's happening in this area as well. And uh, thanks for the interrogation. You know, I think it was uh, <laughs> a friend, friendly fire. So, yeah, I, 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 had, I had fun being here. So thanks, guys, for, for allowing me to, to come on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. 
To be up to date with podcast-related matters, follow our LinkedIn page. And if you want to participate in discussions or recommend topics and guests, please join our Facebook group as well. Just search for Radically Smart Commerce and you will find us. And of course, if you want to contact me directly, you can always reach out on LinkedIn. My name is Thomas Sjöberg. You find the podcast on all platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Acast, as well as at radicallysmartercommerce.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like the podcast. It helps us find new listeners. And you can also follow Aptus at LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.